Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Special treat. I know you guys didn't expect this. Tom Jones, my former radio partner, former columnist of the Tampa Bay Times, now with the Pointer Institute. He's back. Tommy's back. What's up, buddy? What's going on, Rick? Every, you know, every nothing. time I come on, Absolutely I just... nothing. <laughs> I come on only on the big events. Stanley <laughs> Cups, true. championships, true. Tom Brady retires. Every time he retires, I come on. I think I came on the last time he retired. I'm going to have you on my retirement show one day, and it won't be long. <laughs> or yours. Um, well, I tell you, okay, so I'm going to take over right from the start, Rick, because I want to hear from you, because you and Steve, I know, have talked about this. Sure. But okay, so I'm watching, I see your tweets the other day. I'm watching uh, Brady on Colin Cowherd. And I, you know, I do, from the media angle, I'm doing the media stuff. I think, okay, yeah. here comes Brady. He just signed a $375 million contract for 10 years, right. like right. a year ago, or whenever he, yeah. and he said, whenever he's done playing. Well, yeah. he's done playing. And now I find out he's not going to broadcast for another year. 2024 and i listen to him and and he says things like well i just want to be good at it and i'm trying you know here's the thing you don't need 18 months to get ready for that job i don't (laughs) know no so you tell me rick is this about hey i want to spend time with my family i want to get other businesses up and going i need i want to take a gap year so to speak or is this leaving the door cracked open in case josh allen goes down in november and the Buffalo Bills need a quarterback. Tell Which way is it here? Well, we talked about this a little bit the other night. Look, far be it for me to be skeptical, but that is my nature. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say this, okay? I, I really do believe that he knows it's time to retire. Now, there's a lot of reasons why he's not playing, okay? We know his personal life is certainly one, okay? He's got... Three children all on the East Coast, none of them living with him full-time. Right. Two in Miami, one in New York. So he needs to reconnect, okay? Um, as a guy that's been through divorce with children, it's a, it's a, it's a grueling uh, transition for them, uh, for you, for everybody. And he needs to figure out a way to make all of that, their lives whole, as whole as they can be, and, and work. Okay, so there's that. So I don't, I don't begrudge the fact that he needs, he needs time to work on that, okay? Right. Now... As far as, you know, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, I'm not buying the premise that he can't, by next fall, hop on a microphone and know what he's looking at, either on film or in live action, and be able to analyze it. I mean, the guy is the most prepared quarterback of all time. If he rolls out of bed and doesn't look at a single roll of film, he's going to beat most teams, right? Because he knows what everybody's doing. I mean, doing. Rick, he, he, and literally, if you didn't, if he'd never, and he's never really broadcast before, he's literally got like eight months to get ready. That's Seven right. months, something like that. And how That's long does it take to, 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 to train? I mean, there's nuances to the job, sure. right? Eventually, you just got to get in there and do it. But right. But I think I think seven months is more than enough time to be able to like do practice games and and study up and get ready. Now, like I said, if I, if he needs the mental break, maybe that's all part of it. But but you're talking here. I'm just curious about the 
is the door cracked? If you know, because here's the deal, Rick. Once he goes into the booth, he can't come back out. Then he can't come back out. Then he's done playing. As soon as he starts calling his first game, he's done as a player. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. Uh, I think that's true. I, I and I don't think he would make that commitment to Fox. It's interesting, and in, in the way they the whole thing came about, and you do media is first he was on. Colin Coward show, which is a Fox product, right? That's a Fox Sports Network. Yes. So it made sense that if he was going to announce when his start date was as a broadcaster, having already retired, and this was really sort of his first interview after that retirement, he did he did the Fox people a favor, a solid, right? And said, we'll go ahead and, and not break news on my podcast. We'll break news on the Fox platform. Right. Right. And the news was... I'm not going to be a broadcaster this fall. Yeah. And we were all like, wait a minute, 2024? Is that? So So it's a year? Listen, a couple things Tom Brady said. And, and first of all, I think Tom Brady is the most prepared, Has to knows what he's doing today, knows what he's doing tomorrow, knows what he's doing three weeks from now, okay? He hires lots of people, and he gets lots of opportunities that he has to weigh every single day. Okay, and they're flying at him and more will fly at him in retirement than they did when he was playing. Okay, presumably. But having said all that, um, what happens? Because he says he's going to continue to throw the football. He's not working out as if, you know, maybe he would have been, you know, a month after the the season ended if he was going to play. But he says he's going to keep throwing the football. We know he can absolutely spin it. That that was not, you know, he threw for 15,000 yards in three years. That's not the problem. But what happens if you get to August? And, and you know, for right now, Tom Brady's not feeling anything different than he ever felt when he wasn't playing in a Super Bowl. You know, he didn't go to every Super Bowl. He went to 10 of them. He didn't go to every <laughs> it just one. just seemed like it. Yeah, it just seemed like he, yeah, it seemed like he was there every year. And and so this isn't really, this offseason so far is any different than anything. Where it will hit you is when the body clock starts working in August and you start seeing guys going back to camp, et cetera. Let's say, whether it's, preseason, regular season, hell, November, late November, right? And a team like, I don't know, Miami, Tua Tungvaloa has his fourth concussion in, in, in the next season. Now that's seven in two years, and they decide he can't play, and they're winning the AFC East and maybe have the number one seed. You're telling me that if Tom Brady gets that phone call, he's not taking that? Absolutely. He's out? Yeah, no, he's absolutely taking it. Well, what about San Francisco? Now, you can't go to San Francisco for a year because you got three kids and you want to be involved in their lives. But what about if if Brock Purdy had gone down before the playoffs? Right. And Jimmy Garoppolo. And, you're, and you're, you've beat, you well, saw that the thing, team. Here, they well, took you the thing, apart. Rick, once Garoppolo went down, who's to say to San Francisco? Let's say, let's say it happened all a year later than when it. Dude, they may not have gone to Brock they Purdy. They may never even gone to Brock Purdy. That's right. That's correct. So he's an asset, right? To every team in the in the National Football League, he's he's a he's a guy whose number ha- the general manager has to have, or at least Don Yee's number, his agents, right? right. Someone's going to make that call anytime they lose a starting quarterback if they're any good at all, right? Right. So that's my thing. Is like I think he's keeping the door open for whatever next act there might or might not be. It's not to say that he's planning on it. Right, you don't be planning on it, but he's available for it. I think know? that's exactly the way to put it. I don't think I think that that I, I'll give him credit for this, Rick. He was self aware enough when he gave that 
one minute retirement video, put it out there. He didn't go through the whole rigmarole that he went through a year ago, restanking everybody. Right. You know, he's That's he's right. well, he's he was self aware enough that I'm just going to make a quick announcement, and it seems sincere. And I really think that he there's a gr- greater than fifty percent chance that he's done. And I think I that would he, agree. I, would I think agree. that he thinks that he might be done. I don't. I would agree a with year that. ago, we don't know what all was going on with the you know with the family and all that. I'm yeah. not sure he was fully committed to retirement from the start. I think this year he well, might Well, we know be a, he wasn't. We right, know he wasn't, clearly. just to interrupt. He was going to go to Miami. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, during the week of the Philadelphia playoff game, he's talking to Bruce Beal, who's a minority owner and on his board at TV12, about how he gets to Stephen Ross's Miami Dolphins with Sean Payton. Right, right. So we knew. This time around, I, I think that he seems a little more um, – Resigned to the fact that that this might be it. He might be done. He might have played Correct. his last game. But I'm with you, Rick. I think he's also smart enough to know that if I, as soon as I call one game, as soon as the first time Kevin Barkhart says, "And let's welcome in my new partner Tom Brady," <laughs> that's it. He's done. You can't then leave the. Well, board. what about Jason Witten? <laughs> he was yeah, bad at broadcasting, and, well, but he did go back to play football. That's true. He did. But now he never got back he, in the booth. <laughs> right, and that's right, and he, and and I can't imagine that Fox. I, I just can't imagine he would do that to Fox at that. You know, because we're talking a lot of money at that point. What oh, yeah. I think, once you go into the booth, I don't think you can come out. But I think he's also, again, self aware enough that, okay, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen this year, one more year, and I yeah. so I won't. And it makes sense. Fox is fine with it. They got a guy in the booth right now that they're happy with. And Greg they Olson. love Greg Olson. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Which I'll get to in a minute, by the way. Enough of the pity party for Greg Olson, but we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> but I just think that that it, it seems to me that, and like you, and you jumped all over the quote in your story the other day, which is, you know, it's the classic, like, well, you know, are you are you sure? Whenever Colin Coward asks a really good question, like, yeah, is there a one percent chance? Even is there a one percent chance? Wow, well, we never know what the future holds. Well, and okay, right then, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. He's not done. The future is a day at a time, Tom. <laughs> yes, come on, man. Yeah. What does that mean? So, <laughs> like, I, I'm slogan. with you. I think he's. I think he's leaving the door open. I don't think he's planning on it. Um, I don't think he starts the season with anybody. But who knows? Again, he's right. You don't know what the future holds. It depends on. Uh, you know, if like again, if if Josh Allen goes down in training camp, or mm-hmm. uh, or or San Francisco still hasn't figured out what they're doing by training camp. Um, now, again, I'm with you. I think the idea of going to a team like San Francisco or something that's probably a later in the season thing. You know, right? Because that's of more the of a month, the final month thing. Yeah, than because of the whole family situation, thing. all that. But yeah. um, I am, I I don't think he's going to play again, Rick. But I'm not going to say I'm 100 percent sure about it. Yeah, I think he's he's definitely you know planning on retiring and and while keeping all his options open and and believe me they're going to be flying at him and and he doesn't know what's going to happen. In fact, according to his dad, he decided a week before the announcement, which would have been before Brock Purdy hurt his elbow and might need Tommy John surgery. So you wonder if that had occurred, you know, before he probably taped this beach scene. Which, by the way, can we all agree that wasn't done live? No, clearly, like, right? He, did, he said, I woke up this morning. What morning? <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. What morning? You were in L.A. for 80 for Brady. Oh, and, oh, and also, pretty good little publicity for that movie, too, just a oh, little nice. bit, right? Yeah. Like the timing of it. a really good review of that movie, by the way. I haven't seen it. You know it. what? I, somebody I know saw it and wants to see it again. Somebody said, I think it was like somebody, it might have been the Daily Beast or somebody. I read a review and it was like, or The Ringer, maybe. And yeah. Basically, they went in like, I went in ready to hate this movie, and I walked out like, eh, not bad, actually. 
Well, first of all, if you love the four women that are in it, and I do. Who doesn't? Right? I mean, all those I mean, women. I mean, yeah. I mean, so there's that. And if the if the backdrop is just Brady, Gronk, and Edelman, and, and, a, and an unbelievable game, which pissed me off at deadline, because they had three <laughs> stories up at once, and I like the first one better than the two, um, and the one that I wound up with, even though Brady had the greatest comeback of all time. That's another story. Um, but I do think, I do think that... Uh, yeah, I th- I've heard I've heard the same thing. I've heard, you know, you have low, no expectations, and then you go, eh, not a bad story, not a bad story. And of course, the actresses are great. I just wanted to say this real quickly because I'm I'm probably as I when I was on uh, uh, what was it uh, Dan Patrick the other day, and I uh, told look him, at he, him dropping the names. We you pick that you one do up? so many, you can't remember which one you're. Uh, I thought Eisen, it was Eisen, was Patrick, Patrick, somebody. Was well, I only I only bring this up because I announced that this would be the last time Dan would ever call me. Oh, and, because, and he because agreed. Brady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Brady's done. <laughs> but I, but I did keep the the uh, the little Twitter promo with me and Sally Field on the same show. You because were on the I don't same think, show with Sally Field. Absolutely, and then there's our pictures together. So I kept that. That is tremendous. Uh, yes, because you know, I mean, think of us, Sally Field. I mean, Sally name the Field. movies, right? Which absence of malice? I go absence back that of malice. far. Hey, Smokey the Bandit, man. I'll put that up with anything. Any of those? <laughs> I'm serious. Right. Wasn't it's there on? a couple or just one? I can't it, remember. Well, she was she was in a couple, but I, the first one, I that's that's one of those movies that fits on. And we got a buddy, Rodney Page. Like no matter what time or day or night it's on, it's like channel two thirteen now, and we know that means <laughs> Smokey the Bandit at some point is on. And you well, watch terms it. of endearment, right? Term, no, she wasn't in terms of endearment. She was in. Uh, um, the one with Julia Roberts, wasn't she in that? That was uh, what, not fried green, to- fried green tomatoes. That fried no, green tomatoes? that's a different movie. It wasn't. I got it right. We're going to argue about this. Terms of Endearment was was Deborah Winger and Shirley MacLaine. Oh, oh, you're right. Who was the one with the Julia Roberts and uh, Dolly Parton and all that? I, that's uh, fried. I thought that was uh, not no, fried, it's not green, fried tomatoes. green tomatoes. Okay. No. Yeah, See, people are going to hate us now because we don't know. See, that. No, I'm gonna no, they're not going to hate us because if we know these movies, we would that's probably true. get beat up. That's, these are, these are movies that our wives made us watch at some point. <laughs> okay, another. how about Forrest Gump? Can we, yeah, go, can we agree Gump, with that? Yeah, tremendous in Forrest yeah, Gump. And then uh, she won a couple of Oscars, too. She was, you, know, you mentioned Absence of Malice. You know, the other day, Melinda Dillon, I don't know if you remember her. I saw that, yes. She passed away. Now, she's the mom in A Christmas Story. And mm-hmm. she, was, she had a great, uh, she was an Oscar nominated in uh, Absence of Mouse, but in the greatest sports movie of all time, in my opinion, she was in Slapshot, which was, oh yeah, she played a small role in that as well. So Tremendous, tremendous. All right, so we're going down Misery Lane here. Where were we talking about? We were talking about we, Tom we Brady. We were talking about so you being on, that you're never going to be on Dan Patrick again. I'm never, yeah, I'm never going to be on Dan Patrick again, but, but uh, and, and I don't know why I brought that up, except that I had at some point to make, but. Um, that you, that. That with Brady, maybe you might not be. It might not be. Still Magnolias, by the way, is the movie we're trying to think Still about. Magnolias. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And this is Good thing fire. for the Google yeah. machine or your wife or whoever told you what it was. I was gonna and, of course, the Flying Nun, Rick. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Way to go back to Gidget and the Flying yeah. Nun. So. Right. I was, um, pre, I was pre-Gidget. Sorry. I don't quite remember that no, one. No, me but, neither. Me neither. But Patrick did profess his love or the crush on, <laughs> on said Sally Field, which was kind of embarrassing for both. Um Anyway, what I wanted to say is that, so the broadcasting part of it, and and this is not for something that we won't know now until 2024, and and America has to wait, right? What kind of broadcaster will Tom Brady be? Um, I find it interesting that all of a sudden the world has turned on Tony Romo. 
Remember, he's so the guy that brought the money. He's the guy that brought the money to broadcasting. And by the way, which is why coaches are now making $20 million. Oh, yeah. Because they can make $20 million in the booth. Right. When did TV, my goodness, when did this When did this occur? I mean, I remember when John Gruden got $10 million a year for 10 years to go to the Raiders, and everybody went, $100 million to coach. Oh, my God. Hey, it's $20 million 10 minutes later because That's of right. broadcasting. That's right. And and I and here's the thing, Rick, that a lot of people will I'm a little bit different. I like the broadcasters, I like listening to broadcasters. But let me let me let me ask you this. If there's a big game uh during during the season, uh yeah. Eagle, Eagles Cowboys, you know, sure. week twelve or whatever. Yeah. Oh, I'm not gonna watch it because I don't like the guys on this game. I don't want to listen to Romo today. <laughs> like no no one's not watching a game. Well and and moreover, moreover, can you remember and there are some signature calls throughout the throughout the centuries, sure. right? I mean, we, you know, we remember Vin Scully and the catch. It's a madhouse at Candlestick. You know, there's certain sure. things you, that you recall throughout your childhood. But for the most part, do you believe in miracles? Yes. It adds to it, right? It accents it. But does anybody come away from a game going, man, I'm watching this because Al Michaels is calling it, and I can't wait to hear him call this no, game? I don't think the, so. Right? Think, now, here's, I will say this. Like this past season with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on Monday Night Football, it felt like a bigger game again. It, it felt it like it did. It did. When those guys, when you hear those guys, when we were growing up, Rick, when you heard Summerall, it was Madden John, and Summerall, John Madden, or, yeah. or I think even now, like if you hear Al, like before the Amazon thing, when you heard Al right. Michaels and Chris uh, Collinsworth, it felt okay. This is a big game. Sunday I, Night Football. You know. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm not going to not watch a game because I don't like the broadcasters, or I'm not going to watch a game because of those guys necessarily. Exactly. And I, even look, though they half pay of them, us watch Red Zone. Like we don't. You're not well, even listening true. to the announcers. <laughs> That's anyway. the greatest. Yeah. Scott Hansen here with seven hours of the greatest football you'll ever seven hear. Seven hours of commercial see. free. I, my wife knows. <laughs> Starts place. right now because she'll say, yeah. "Hey, can you uh, run to?" The, I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa." I'm not running any store. What are you talking about? Seven hours of commercial free starts now. And, it, and it's so bad. I think I mentioned this on <laughs> the podcast. You're not going to the bathroom. Are you kidding me? The, the, Neither is Scott Hansen. It comes on the TV where it says, hey, are you sure you this station's been on like hey, for four hours? I'm going <laughs> to shut it off if you're not watching. I'm like, No, no, <laughs> I'm watching. I still That's got right. It. But here's the thing, Rick. When I, when I, By the way, can I just segue off of this just for yeah, a quick? Because yeah, yeah. this is what we do, right? We just kind of like we're all over the place. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and Kyle Brandt, who I love on Good Morning Football, did this. You see Scott Hansen, so they're, they're at the Super Bowl Monday night, which used to be Media Day, which is no longer Media Day. It's it's just a TV show, right? right. Like that's it's even wilder than it used to be, um, and less productive. But Scott Hansen is up there. This is what they're playing for. It's the Lombardi Trophy. It stands twenty one inches tall, or it weighs twenty one pounds. It's thirty eight, like. There's nobody more enthusiastic about a damn trophy sitting up there on the Diaz. It was it was the greatest thing in the world. But anyway, I di- but I digress. My point was about the announcers is like Romo's now getting this flack, and he's kind of started this. You know, we went we went to seventeen million, and then right. twenty million, and now Brady's going to make thirty seven five. Okay, which is just more money than he got paid to play quarterback for God's sakes. Um, so there's that. But all of a sudden, like people discovered that Tony Romo. Really isn't that good. I mean, when when we were growing up, you mentioned S- S- Summerall and Madden, right? Right. Pat Summerall was the best play-by-play guy or considered that. And all he did was, he's at the 20, the 30, the 40. 
And then John Madden would go crazy, and you couldn't understand a word. He said, <laughs> you know, and that, that was that was the number one team. Okay, I saw the Super Seventy Sports. The guy tweeted out, he said, they showed a picture of Summerall and Madden. He goes, the guy who was drunk sounded sober. The guy who was sober sounded drunk, and it was beautiful. <laughs> it was poetry. It they was were poetry. That's right. That's right, John. You know, I've never seen more of a pack mentality than sports media critics and fans when it oh comes my to God. broadcasters. Because here's the thing. Everybody loved Brady, except for one guy we know, Mike Sherman. Hated Brady. He hated, hated <laughs> Romo, I'm sorry. Hated Romo, Romo yeah. from the start. Everybody loved Romo. And then all of a sudden, somebody woke up one day, and I don't know who it was, whether it was Richard Deitch at The Athletic or Brian Curtis. Marshawn, I think. Marshawn. Well, somebody somewhere said, you know what? I don't think, Ro- I don't think uh, Romo's that good anymore. He's not and preparing. Then, and doesn't... the next thing, and the next thing you know, everybody's on that. I still love Romo. I still think he's great. Now here's the other one. All of a sudden, somebody woke up one day and everybody decided Greg Olson's the greatest thing ever. Like now, oh, now that guy's great. I'm like, wait, he's okay. He's fine. And I'm not. Uh, all these people are like, oh, this is all oh, that Fox is going to do him wrong when Brady comes out. Okay, they're doing dirty. Yeah. He was a tight end for the Carolina Panthers. Okay, <laughs> anything you do in life after that is gravy, man. You're you're not entitled to anything. You were you were tight end for the Carolina Panthers. What and, was Chris and, Collins worth? What was Chris Collins worth? Receiver he's a wide receiver for. The right. for Bengals, so not even the, their best wide receiver. He's still going to get paid $3 million a year. Okay, oh, so you're, here's yeah. the thing, Greg Olson. You're not, and not that he's complaining. He's handled it fine. The problem I have is everybody going, wow, he's really handled this classy. Like, what's he going to do? What's he going to say? Like, <laughs> he's still, the chair. He still has won the lottery here. He, oh, okay, yeah. Okay, you don't get to do Eagles-Cowboys. You get to do Packers-Panthers instead. Well, okay. Right. And get paid $3 million a year to do it, by the way. And that's right. your job. Right. So all of a sudden, and here's the thing: you wouldn't even have been the number one guy if Aikman and Buck hadn't left anyway to go to ESPN. True, that's true. And I like Kevin Burkhart, but he was their number two guy. So right. So I like Olson. He's going to do the Super Bowl. I think he's going to do fine. I like him. But I'm, again, I'm not going to have this big, big pity party because if I'm Fox Sports, guess what? If I get a chance to bring in the greatest quarterback of all time, sorry, Greg, you're the number two guy now because I'm bringing in Brady. And Brady may suck. I don't know. But I'm going to find out first of all, and I'm going to put him on my number one team. I don't think he's going to be bad at it, Rick. I think he's going to be pretty good. Now, not everybody agrees with that, but I think he's going to be fine. Well, what people say is that, you know, the the greater the player doesn't necessarily make you a very good or even listenable. Right. Joe Montana was Joe Montana is the one they bring. He didn't even like it. Yeah. Right. Uh, He didn't enjoy it. And frankly, people didn't enjoy him. Drew Um, Brees was bad at it. Yeah. I I think the one thing that that. well, a couple of things. I didn't learn a lot about Brady in the three years he was here, unfortunately. Had one sit down with him, exactly one. And I think I was the only one that had it. Um, but he's in, he, he is an incredibly uh, charismatic guy, as you know. And, and uh, the TV will like him. It's a visual medium. He looks okay. Underwear ads and all. Um, but he he sees the game in a way that that obviously the way he played it, very few people see it, Right. And and he and he can simplify the game, hard to do, hard to execute, easy to see it. I think he's also going to be critical. I don't think he's going to be somebody that's going to worry because he's the greatest of all time, right? Yeah, right? What friends do I have? I mean, like he he would pretty much you know get on his best friends anyway if they drop the pass. What's it? What's it to him that Lamar Jackson isn't playing a good quarterback today? You know, he of course he's going to be critical of them if they miss a throw, if they miss a read, if they you know do something wrong. 
Right. I think I think that's what he'll bring is that he's I don't think he'll sugar, sugarcoat anything. I don't think he's going to sugarcoat anything. I think I, I don't know him well enough to know if he'll be I think a thing that goes over really well is self-deprecation. Yeah, I think that Romo has been pretty he has good at that. that. He has that. Right. And I think that he'll um he'll be prepared. I think he wants to be really good at this. I think he knows that people are sort of raising their eyebrows and wondering. They're skeptical hmm, see, about yeah, it. Yeah, they're, they're definitely skeptical. I think he wants to be as good as Peyton Manning has been in the entertain, you know, sort of on the entertainment side of things. I think he wants to be right up there. I think Troy Aikman might be the best right now at all this. I think he mm-hmm. wants to be as good as Aikman. And Aikman's not like Aikman's not coming out, and you know he's not like uh, some you know big comedian when he comes out there. But he's self deprecating at times and mm-hmm. explains the game well. He's enthusiastic. I think that's the other thing you have to be. You have to be excited. I think that's Romo's strength. Is you have to be, really but almost to a fault with Romo. Almost to a fault. Yeah, it I almost said this was Steve the other day. Some, yeah, because you know, here we if go, you really, Jim. Yeah, if you really listen to Romo, it's just it's become he's become a parody of himself, and I think that's what a lot of people are picking up on. In fact, one of the comedians was doing him the other night, and and it is true that you listen to him long enough, it's like. Oh, Jim, he almost he tried to fit it in there. Oh, God, you just see, I don't oh, mind he, that. That's here a good invitation, I, but I, is, I don't mind. You know what it. I mean? And it's, but it's the whole, the whole show is like that. Yeah, like, you can't. You have got seven. Josh Allen, you got Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen's Mahomes and Allen and Mahomes. Oh, God, Jim, he's so close with that. You know, and there's just no like, where's he? Where's he? Somebody the made somebody that? made the point about him, and I think it. Uh, this is the one where I'll give. This, if the quarterbacks are playing really well. Like when you had a game last year, I thought Romo was at his very best in that game when Mahomes and Allen were going back and forth. Oh yeah, and, that was a, yeah, that was a great you know, game. The thirteen seconds, you know, came back. Yeah, Romo was tremendous in that game. Now, if you get a game where you have two quarterbacks, bad play, yeah. are not playing well, and it's and the game's not that close. No mm-hmm. broad, no broadcaster is going to be great in that situation, but they think yeah. that he really struggles in games where the quarterbacks are just okay and they're not, mm. they're not playing special. Um, I like I said I still like him, but it's funny. Like again, that I, that pack mentality. There was a time, Rick, and you remember it. John Gruden's greatest announcer ever. He's the next Madden, and everybody yes. loved him. And then all of a yes. sudden, like three years later, somebody woke up and said, "You know what? That guy doesn't say anything." Come to think of it, and then everybody right. else piled on and went, "Oh yeah, you know what? You're right. He doesn't really say anything." And so he was he was hyperbolic about everybody. I right. tell you what, man, that's the greatest <laughs> short yardage back I've ever seen. Yeah, you cut him. His name is Thomas Jones. Why'd you why'd you trade him then? You know what I mean? Like it was that stuff. Everybody was I tell you what, man, he's the best. This guy is a grinder, you know. He he, he John was just a, but John John's already spoke in perfect sound bites, so he was a he was an easy transition for him. That's he it. Knew you the need game. to be able to speak. You, had, you need to get it out in you know, twelve in 15 ten seconds. seconds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that I think that job is as much about the timing as what you say, right? Like when you say it, how you say it, um, whether you add anything to, because you only got a few minute, a few seconds between plays, and everybody's seen the play, right. right? And so you either get excited while it's happening, or you get excited during the replay. But if you just if you're just going to repeat what was, you know. Oh, Jim, you know, great catch! I mean, look, he's got the ball, and he oh, he drops you know, almost, you know. That's not it's not great. It's just what I saw, you know, a second later. So um but yeah, I 
Overall, listen, is, do we know anything Tom Brady has failed at other than perhaps matrimony? Well, somebody but- wrote me the other day, and it was a, a reader of my newsletter because I'd, I'd written about Brady, and, and she said, I'm not sure he's going to be real good at this because I don't know that he can think on his feet. Do you think he can think on his feet? And I wrote back, I'm like, you mean other than the fact that he's the greatest quarterback in the history of football and he makes split-second decisions with 300-pound men trying to knock his head off? Yeah, other than that, you might be right. You might be oh, on man. But here's she the thing. Walked like, into she walked that one. She accidentally, like I think, stumbled into it. Like He can't think on his feet. And I think people say – why are um, you know why do quarterbacks? I mean, you think you look at it. Why do quarterbacks make such good announcers? I mean, uh, to, yeah. you know, Troy Aikman right now and Tony Romo yeah. and um, you know Phil mm-hmm. Sims did it for a long time. I'm yeah. not sure Sims was great at it, but he was he was okay for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. And now Brady and I'm I'm sure we can name a bunch of other guys who uh, ta- you know Dandy Don Meredith did it for a long time and um and there are guys who. Uh, you know, I I think that's why because quarterbacks see everything; they see the whole field, and yeah, that's why I think they're really good at. It. So I think I think he's, I don't think he's going to be like tremendous right out of the gate. And I think the expectations, I think there's going to he's going to have more pressure on him than anybody I can remember in a long time. There were there were really no expectations for Romo when he came out. That's true, and I think the same things. I think Greg Olson's actually benefited. Like, who expects Greg Olson to be any good at this? And mm-hmm. then it turns out it's like, wow, he's pretty good at this. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's what, just to be clear, I think Olsen is good, but there yeah, yeah. was no expectation coming out, you know? Um, and that's the problem. I think Brady, there are going to be people who don't like Brady. Anyway, somebody else mentioned this too, Rick. Is he likable to a lot of the football country? Because I know people in Pittsburgh don't like him. You know why? Because he bashed the Steelers' brains in. Oh, or the years, Jets you know? or the Bills. Or, or the, the Jets or the Bills or the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins or, yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. The whole I mean, AFC people in for Atlanta got to embrace Tom Brady. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, uh, he needles them uh, every what is it, March twenty eighth or whatever. Right, um, right. Yeah, it, it, it and, and that's a fair point. Uh, he is. I will say this, and again, and I don't don't profess to know him very well personally. Um, I have spent enough been around him. I've observed a lot, and there isn't there truly isn't a teammate that he's had that has a bad thing to say about him. Um, he can be self deprecating. He is. Um, uh, he's very he's a, he's a, like I said he's charismatic he's likable TV you know this too they're not on camera much but TV's a visual medium sure. and he he walks in as you know the goat right like 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 anywhere he goes any stadium he walks into any production meeting he sits down in he knows more they should be interviewing him right like uh, they should be picking his brain about what they should do this weekend against against the Buffalo Bills or whatever so. I think he's going to be well-received. He's, he's I think sort he's of going been to be well-received. You really hit on something, Rick. Another reason I think he's going to be really good at this, I think he's going to be in meetings because those guys meet with you know the coaches and the quarterbacks. Oh, sure they do. Star players on uh, you know a day or two before the game. Right. I think he's going to find out a lot of information. I think that's mm-hmm. why Aik, if you listen to Aikman really closely, Aikman will tell you exactly – Sure he will. What the coaches think of their own quarterbacks, <laughs> by the yeah. way he describes their, the quarterbacks. In and game. he'll tell you, as he did in the games he did with Brady, he'll tell you what Brady is thinking because Brady Absolutely. has just got done telling you, telling Aikman that. Now, I don't know and that I'll, Brady's telling like another broadcast. He's telling Troy Aikman that. He's telling another Hall of Fame. Well, he too, he told he told Kurt Warner. He told, yeah. he told quite a few. It was the same story over and over again. We suck. <laughs> <laughs> we can't run the ball. I have to throw it 60 times a game. This is brutal. 
Um, yeah. Well, we was, could do a whole other pot on this, Rick. But who's gonna? Who's the quarterback on opening day for the Bucks? Oh, uh, jeez, I don't know. I mean, right now it's Kyle Trask. Um, I said something the other day about how he's not been a quick study, and now he's got to learn an entirely new offense. I don't mean the guy can't get the the offense. Well, you know, it this got you know because they take one line. Tommy, it's the media. It's guys like you, you know, <laughs> that take one line from a from an entire podcast and turn it into a debate show. That's how you do it, man. I know, but it's not good being on the other side of it, man. <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, yeah, no, I said you know he hasn't been a quick study. Everywhere he has been, he hasn't been a guy that played right away. Doesn't mean he doesn't get the offense right, but he's generally taken some time. And then when he gets his chance, he rips it, right? I don't know if that's going to happen in the NFL. I think it's a I different game. I just don't game. understand, Rick. I saw him at Florida, and I thought he was okay. He was. Career, he was good. I, I didn't think he was, oh, my gosh. I look at him, I'm like, here's another, here's no. a superstar. Same but thing with Anthony Richardson. Now Anthony Richardson's coming out. Like he's tight. Or this kid, uh, what's from Kentucky, uh, Levis or whatever. Right. And I'm looking at them, I'm like, I watch these guys play. I watched that other kid at Penn State, Levis, when he, before he transferred to Kentucky. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you're telling me now this guy's going to be Josh Allen? This guy's going to turn into, mm. uh, you know, I'm not expecting anybody to be Patrick Mahomes, but this, uh, this guy's going to be a big-time starter in the NFL? I don't, I don't understand. I mean, these guys obviously have, get evaluated, and people who evaluate them know, know quarterbacking better than I do. But I'm just surprised. No, they they really don't. Are, to be honest with you, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> they just don't. I just I think would I be saw... shocked I, after watching Kyle Trask in college and after watching, and I know he's not in college anymore, or Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. I watched him enough to like, really, this guy's a top 15 pick? Top 20? Yeah, it's just the, the value of the position. You, you know, um, I, th- I think it's smart to, to draft quarterbacks because of the importance. You know, it, look, if you're going to take a guy that's not going to make your team, I mean, look at Brock Purdy, right? Mr. Irrelevant, last player picked in the draft. They didn't. They didn't take Tom Brady at one ninety nine, thinking he was going to be this guy, right? right? But it's always good to get him. You never know, you know, which dude is going to have that it factor. And we can go on about quarterbacks. Like I wouldn't take a guy that started only two years in college. I, I want a guy that started four, right? Or at least three. I want as many games at playing the position at a high level as I can find. Um, but with Kyle Trask, we're kind of. I think there's you know sort of a regional bias too that they they watched him at Florida he won a lot of games he went toe to toe with Mac Jones in Alabama in a great game and you know what he had really good players you know on his team uh, he had first round draft picks that he was throwing to um and so you know we've never seen him with Mike Evans we've never seen right, him with Chris right. Godwin we've never seen him with um you know the the top rung guys but I have seen him at practice. He hasn't completed enough passes for my my liking. He hasn't done much in the preseason when he got his chance to start or at least play a lot in this last um, go-around because Tom was out. So we don't know, and the coaches will tell you they don't know. Until, you, until you're called upon to do something that counts, right, it's very hard to judge somebody. And all I know is that he's always taken a long road, and when he's played, he's been good, but now he has to learn a new offense. So... Um, I look. I think that they're going to end up with a new quarterback, and at least probably another guy for this year, at some point. And first, we got they got to hire an offensive coordinator. If it's Todd Munkin, maybe he gets Baker Mayfield. I'd go for that. Derek Carr, by the way, is going to visit New Orleans and maybe either traded there or signed there as a free agent, depending on what. I think they. I think there's compensation worked out because the Raiders wouldn't allow him to go visit New Orleans. That would make the Saints the prohibitive favorite, I think, in this division because nobody else has a quarterback. That's true. 
And I actually think Derek so, Carr's okay. I don't think, you know. He's good. Yeah, I think he's I, fine. Yeah. I, I think the Raiders are dysfunctional and have been for some time. And I, I know the Saints personnel is probably as good as, as any team in the NFC South right now. So it's going to be interesting. And I don't know why they haven't hired a, an offensive coordinator or what. Hey, let's get into the lightning in just a bit. But first, I want to remind everybody that May Electric Solar is a way to save money on your electric bill. They're a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems for 12 years now. There's a lot of these fly-by-night companies. But May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. And plus, get this, with every installation, you receive $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances, that right there is the main difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all of its products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors. That's important. You know all those guys up there doing the job. Those are Billy May's guys. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of your appliances. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash achieve today. Yeah. Uh, your Tampa Bay Lightning now have come oh. back after this uh, all-star break. Still uh, maybe a, a little too much uh, avocado tequila or something on the break. I don't know what's happened, but they got smoked at Florida that was a to the tune loss. of, what, 7 to 1. Yeah, uh, they gave up. Hang it. it was four to one, and and they gave up after Vasilevsky just gave up that horrendous goal where he tried to yeah, on, on, him, on his own, right? I yeah. think everybody at that point is like, shut it down. But it, okay, that was a bad loss. They gave up fifty. But then, 50 but then shots I, I turned it off you know? before he came on. Like I turned off the game against um, a, a, a not so good San Jose team. They were up three to one. It should have been. Then it was should have been four to two. And it was three to two. And by the time I got upstairs, you told me, yeah, they lost. They like, lost what? in overtime. That's a bad loss. That's a bad it was. loss at home. And I know it's their first home loss in whatever, 12 games. They, they 12 in a row, in yeah. At home and set a franchise record. But I, that's that was not a good loss. And they, they were the better team for a good chunk of that game. But yeah, I yeah. used to tell John Tortorella that. You know, whenever it, like Marty St. Louis would go through a stretch without a goal for like eight games, and he'd ask Marty and say uh, – What's going on? He's like, well, I'm getting chances, and so we talked to Tortorella. He said, well, Marty says he's getting chances, and and Tortorella would go bleep the bleeping chances, score bleeping goal, <laughs> and so that's why I look at this like, hey, bleep bleep them being the better team for most of the night. Yeah. They still lost the game. Yeah, Rick, the I, look, you, I I think there's there's a bit of restlessness now with this team. It seems like they're that. They're just getting playing now till the end of the season. They're, they're going to play Toronto in the first round of the playoffs. It, it almost is guaranteed with still three months left. Now, a lot could change, but I don't think so. I think they're going to end up playing Toronto. Um, Toronto's a better team than a year, year ago. Uh, but you have Andre Vasilevsky in goal. You're going to have the better goalie no matter who you're playing, no matter what And, team and that's playing. really the thing, right? I mean, as long as you qualify for the playoffs, if you're the Tampa Bay Lightning, I think people have said this. 
you're not getting to the Stanley Cup unless you go unless you come through Tampa Bay. Like you, you're going to have to play these guys. I think they're going to make the playoffs. Maybe they yeah. won't, but yeah, they'll make it, it and they're going to be at, like you're exactly right. I mean, when you look up and there's as long as everybody's healthy, as long as you get Hedman and yeah. Stamkos and and, uh, and Point off and Braden Point who's having a great season, and then you got some of these other guys chipping in like Hagel and uh, mm-hmm. Alex Killorn still there. And, yeah. Colton, you know, and so they're they're still a good enough team. I'm, I will worry about them a little bit defensively. But yeah. they're still a good enough team to win the whole thing. But Rick, it's just so I just I, I got a bad vibe, and I have this bad vibe every year. But you're gonna have to go through Toronto and then Boston probably. Well, and, and Boston's Boston the monster, right? Yeah. yeah. Although they did get up for Not what a, was I still think the best game of the year, regular season game when they won in overtime in, in Vasilevsky and Shesterkin. I think each had about fifty saves yeah. in the same game. No, they've beaten all these teams. They beat. They've shown they can beat Toronto. They've shown they can beat Boston. Yeah. They've shown they can beat the Rangers. And if and if they play a game seven anywhere, and I don't care where it is, how do you how do you pick against Andre Vasilevsky and against the Lightning? They always somebody steps up. Nick Paul, what last year, whatever. So I I still think they're they're one of the I don't know. Seven or eight teams in the league that have a legitimate Stanley Cup chance, chance, and, and yeah. but the East is so good. I mean, you just named yeah you know, between Toronto and Boston and Carolina, who might be the best team in the East. Uh, they right. look at it at times, and the, I wouldn't want to play the Rangers again in a seven game no. series. No, um, there are a lot of good teams out there, you know, and yeah, uh, it's just so Rick. They've done it three years in a row. They're going for a fourth straight trip to the cup final. It's just so hard. Everything has to go right. And we see what happens. One guy gets hurt like Braden Point and it really sabotages your chances. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, if Point had been healthy a year ago and they took him to game six and were up one nothing, I think they, they win that game at least and if not some others that went to overtime that they lost and you know, maybe they win another Stanley Cup. But if you go to four, you're not the Buffalo Bills because you've already won two of them. Yeah. But if you go to four, I that's mean in a row. I mean, in this modern era, with with uh, you know, no, with the salary cap and, and all of that, I mean that that is that that's as close to a dynasty as you. What's the last hockey dynasty? The last real hockey dynasty would have been the the New York Islanders, uh, or I guess I guess you know, New York Islanders won four in a row in the early eighties, but then that was followed up by Edmonton won four in five years, um, and the right. one year they didn't win it, they, they might have been their best team, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, this is—I mean, two in a row. Been to the finals three times. I know Detroit had a pretty good run. I don't know exactly how many and how many years. Chicago right. won three. Chicago like had three out of five or, or like six years, something yeah, like that. So, yeah. I mean, all those teams—it's just remarkable. And then, and then you look at all those teams, Rick, particularly the more recent ones like Chicago. Chicago's going through it now. They're going to have to trade Taves and Kane. They just can't. Yeah. You know, they've fallen off. They can't afford them anymore. The it, the They're team's horrible. rebuilding, you know. Mm-hmm. I'll give Julian Breesbach credit. They've they've somehow managed to keep this team going for a while. And I think they're going to be competitive for many years to come still. I mean, Kucherov and, I don't know, you know, Hedman and Stamkos, let's see how much longer they can play at this elite level. But, I mean, Braden Point, the guy's coming up behind him, like Braden Point. That guy's yeah. as good as – that guy's as good a player in the league some nights, you know. Yeah, no, he is. He should have been, he could have been an all-star um, I get you out on this. Like, how long do you think Stamkos plays? Is he a guy that will know when it's time? Will his body just fail him? Or because the dude can absolutely still help you. He can still score. Still creates points. Obviously, good Rick, faceoff year guy. He scored a couple years ago, and I'm trying to think how many. Like this was a been. This would have been. I want to say 
it might have been the year that they they went, you know, they had like a million points and they lost, they got swept by Columbus. It might have been going into that year. Okay. And I remember thinking that, you know, I remember, I, I think I told some people too, I said, you know what, I think I think this is it for Stamkos. I think he's done. Mm-hmm. I, th- I I will be surprised if he scores 20 goals again in a season. Then he came out the next year and had like 30. And since then he's like... Oh, in the year they won the Stanley points. Cup, he got hurt, right? He, yeah. He um, played one yeah, game. Yeah, he was hurt that year. And then he had, you know, he had some, you know, some some family issues as well. It was a... I am amazed that he's played at the at the level he's played the last couple of years. Ricky's in incredible shape. Like his conditioning is apparently on another level, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of just how hard he works. Um, yeah. Now you add on all these seasons, and it's just it's that's hard. what I mean. I mean, he's thirty one now. Is that right? Yeah, and he plays. Or he just he had plays, his birthday tonight. Or he as plays doing hard. His you know, he he doesn't he doesn't avoid contact. He seeks it out. Yeah. Um, he goes to dangerous areas on the ice. He's mm-hmm. a hockey player, you know, but he looks as good as he's looked at, at any point in his career. You know, he I would not be shocked if, if he averages, you know, a goal a game the rest of the year. That's just how good he is. How long do I think he'll play? Rick, they've always, always said, don't look at a guy's age. Look at how many years he's been in the league. Ten. Mm-hmm. You see a yeah. noticeable drop-off after ten, except the elite players. Clearly, he's an elite player. Hey, real yeah. quick, let me ask you this too, Rick, mm-hmm. since we're talking about conditioning and all that, because it reminded me of this. LeBron James is going to break the record, the NBA record. He he placed as we're taping this right now. We're taping he's doing this it maybe tonight. tonight, right? He needs thirty eight. There's a lot of feeling that he's not going to do it tonight. So we'll know by the time you listen to this, you'll know if he's done it or not. A lot of people thought he wants to save it for their next game because they play Milwaukee their next game. Yeah, so I that heard was about Kareem's that, yeah. original team. Although I'll tell you why he thinks he might do it tonight. He was practicing the sky hook, which is is how he's going to break the record. They asked him, I think Wilbon asked him, Michael Wilbon said, how do you want to break the record? He goes, I hope it's not a free throw. So I think if right? he stands up to the line, he's going to climb. He's going well, to it's 50% free- chance he's going to break the free throw anyway, right? Gonna, I mean, But, Rick, I'm, I'm, I saw a stat on LeBron or heard a stat today that I was blown. Because a lot of I, – I saw you know this other stat where it's, well, Kareem has the record, uh, but I think Kareem made one three-pointer in his entire career. LeBron's you know a top 10 three-point guy, I think. Um, but I don't, I don't hold that against LeBron. I also don't hold this idea of like longevity. And it made me think of it when you mentioned Stamkos that it's almost like a criticism. Like, well, LeBron's played so long. Well, so did Kareem, but it's also, should we give guys credit for playing that? Doesn't Tom Brady deserve I think so. credit for being that yes. good at age 44 and 45? I mean, if you're just, you know, if you're just a guy, right? Like you're not, if you're just hanging on and it's embarrassing and, you know, I mean, Jerry Rice is the greatest player of all time, right? I mean, one of the greatest. I, he's the greatest argue, football player I've ever seen. You know, wide receiver. And, and, yeah. and, and he, but he played 20 years, okay? 20. <laughs> and he probably could have played mm, 17 and been just yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, you know, the la- and I know Jerry very well. The last few were, uh, you know, and eventually got to, look, we'll keep you on the roster, but you're like our fourth guy. You know what I mean? And so he finally hung it up. So, yeah, but longevity, I mean, look, Ronnie Barber, I think, is going to go into the Hall of Fame on Thursday. I think this is his year. And we say that a lot about guys, but I really do. And part of his numbers, right, the reason he has so many is he played 16 years. Not many defensive backs play 16 years, and he started 215 straight games at cornerback. It's crazy. 
Well, and he the was other that durable. Thing, I remember when Dave Andrichuk was trying to get, you know, he was up for the Hall of Fame and he finally got in. But the, like one of the criticisms was, well, he just played so long. No wonder he scored so many goals. He played so long. I'm like, yeah. wait a minute. We can't sit there and criticize guys that, well, Don Mattingly didn't play long enough. That's right. He was hurt all the time. He didn't play right. long. Yeah, he yeah. did. Well, let's give Dave Andrichuk credit for playing 20-some years, 23, whatever years. And I'm glad really you said good that. For most of those years. I'm glad you said that. Remember when it was like the Gale Sayers? Well, Gale, Gale Sayers, he was great, but man, he had a short career. Well, yeah. but he was, he was, you know, you can't have it both ways. You right. can't say, well, this guy piled up the numbers because he never got hurt and he played forever. And this guy would have had the numbers had he not had a tragic knee injury or something, you know, that, that knocked him out after eight or nine years. So Yeah, and think- see, the thing with LeBron, the thing that I respect so much, there were two stats. One I, I mentioned a second ago. One of the stats is he's going to finish – He's already in the top four, five all-time in assists, which I hadn't realized until the other yeah. day. Yeah. And the other thing is, yeah, he's still playing at age, at whatever age he is now and however long he's been in the league. He still is all-time top five in points per game. Like, even at, even at this age, he's still, you know, it's not like he's hanging on averaging 12 points a game. No. Days. No. All-time, he's still among the top five. Now, who knows if he'll, you know, he'll finish in the top five all-time, but... Right. I just I applaud his and this is a call for like the guys like Brady and and um you know and Andrew Chuck and guys who play a really long time. I think they should be given credit for that. Not it shouldn't be a, a reason to, to take away from their records, you know. Yeah, totally agree. Hey, this has been fun. So what uh what can we expect on uh, pointer.org? Are you doing gonna do a recap of the uh, president's state of the union? What do we got? Yeah, well, I spent part of the State of the Union talking to you here, which was way <laughs> more true. enjoyable than no, sure, state watching of, people yell back. State of the podcast is what we've been doing. <laughs> state of the podcast is good. Somebody, yeah. I think it was Paul Delegato from Channel 13, I follow him on Twitter, goes, I can say that the State of the Lightning right now is not very good after watching that <laughs> game. But, uh, yeah, so I have State of the Union stuff. Um, uh, this tur- disappointed this earthquake in Turkey. Oh, oh my, my God, the pictures of that thing. And you know, and the and the numbers they're they're really getting scared about how high the numbers are going to be in terms it could, of deaths. It's in well, it was close to ten thousand. It was I think, close to ten thousand. I think right? that's going to double or triple in the in the coming <sighs> days. I just got that feeling. I don't know. Hopefully not. But um, yeah, no, it was a catastrophe for sure, and it's just terrible. But all right, well, we'll look for you on the uh, the pointer dot org website and uh, the newsletter that you have five yeah, days you can a week. Sign up and, for the newsletter, yeah. Yeah, as always, man. Great to talk to you. We'll see you again. Right. Thanks, Rick. My thanks to Tom Jones for Steve Verstick. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.